0: The verse of Scripture that defines familyship the best, that defines familyship the best, is this verse right here in Acts 4.32. And it says, Now the number of those who believed were of one heart, everybody say one heart, and one soul, everybody say one soul. And no one said that any of these things that belonged to him was his own. But they had everything in common, or they shared everything they had. And with great power, the apostles were giving their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And great grace, everybody say great grace, was on them all. Now, there was not one needy person among them, for as many as were the owners of lands or houses sold them and brought their proceeds of what they sold and laid them at the apostles' feet. And it was distributed to each one as they had need. If you want to coin a scripture... That talks about what the the term fellowship or our church says family ship means. That is the scripture, Acts 4.32. Write it down, highlight it. Because they gave to everyone as they had need. Somebody's hurting, they were there. Somebody was broke, they were there. Somebody needed something fixed, they were there. Family ship, family ship was taking place. Now we said a a few key phrases in there. Everybody say one heart. Now a lot of times when you read the word heart in the New Testament, it's talking more about the, the spirit or the soul. This one is not. This one actually, when you read it, it is termed in the Greek as cardia, the physical heart of the physical body. What is he saying here? They were of one physical heart. The heart is the organ in the body, which is the center point of the circulation of the blood, hence is regarded as the seat of the physical life of a person. Familieship is this. It is the physical lifeblood of the church. It is the beating heart of the church. Familieship is this. He said it's of one heart. The physical aspect of the family ship is this. It is the physical lifeblood of the church. So when you miss, part of the life of the church is gone. When you don't show up, part of the life of the church is gone. Now, I want you to expand your thinking. Some of y'all are sitting here thinking, well, to be the church, you don't have to be in the physical building, at a physical place. When you don't show up to the need of your brother or your sister in family ship, the life of the church is gone. See, the problem is, if you're not dedicated enough to show up here on a Sunday, I know you ain't going to sell your property to give somebody else a need in the church. So if you can't show up here, I know all the rest of the stuff that they said they were doing, I better not even approach that yet. Because if we can't commit as the body of Christ to be the physical life of the church, the center point where all the blood life flows from the church, the heartbeat of the church is fellowship. It's familyship, It's being of one heart. And then it said of one soul. The soul consists of your thoughts, your emotions, your mind, your will, your actions, your very being. They were of one physical lifeblood. They were so in tune with one another that when Paul says this, when one part of the body hurts, we all hurt. Really, when I evaluate the church worldwide as a whole, I see this. When one part of the body hurts, we'll pray for them. A- a- am I right when one part of the body is suffering? It says we all suffer But we don't act like we're all suffering from time to time when parts of us are hurting See the problem is when there is no fellowship Family the coming together physically with one another we can't be in tune with the needs of one another and when we're not in Tune with the needs of one another a separation begins to take place and the separation becomes this They really just don't care as much as they say they said they cared and when that begins to occur Familyship begins to dissipate Familyship begins to fall apart so when jesus begins to talk about coming together and being the body of christ and being the church he's talking about being the family the body of christ the the household of god is what he's talking about literally the household of god and this right here what jesus is defining completely hear me on this completely slaps in the face okay i got some of y'all's attention now completely slaps in the face the thought process. I can be a Christian, but don't have to have fellowship with other believers. I can be a Christian and be saved, but I never have to fellowship with anybody else. This theory, this this fundamental principle that Jesus is speaking here, completely slaps that in the face and says, you cannot say you're a believer and a Christian, but deny the fellowship with the other parts of the body of Christ. And I've heard it said all along, well, you don't got to go to church to be a Christian. You're right, you don't. You get saved by the blood of Jesus, him crucified dead and buried, believing he was raised again from the dead. But you will not thrive and prosper and walk in the abilities and the power you have as a believer until fellowship takes place, until family takes place. Did you hear the scripture I just read? They, they talked about, they shared everything they had, they sold everything they had. And the Bible says, with great power the apostles gave their testimony. And listen to what happens when fellowship occurs. With great Grace. Rested on them. I don't know about you, but TWBC, I want great grace to rest upon us. I want the power of God's grace not just to be here so people get saved. I want the power of God's grace. The grace that says, at all things, having all, all th- at, all things at all times, having all you need, you will abound unto every good work. That kind of grace to rest upon this church because it's no longer people getting together to sing songs and hear a message. It's family that takes place. We have a lot of things that go on in this world where people come to church on Sunday morning but their true fellowship is really somewhere else. Their true fellowship is really somewhere else. Some of you guys have women's groups that you meet with. Some of you guys have uh, guys night out that you go hang out and and play cards with the guys. And some of you have ladies that you guys have, have ladies day out where you go get manicures and pedicures and all that stuff. And really all these things that we do in smaller groups with smaller individuals, they represent fellowship a lot more than we see in the body of Christ many times. And I love what he said. The gangs have a better comprehension of what fellowship really is than the body of Christ and church. That should be a sobering fact for us. That if ungodly organizations or organizations that doesn't have God and Jesus Christ at their forefront have a better representation of what Jesus meant as ship, Where do we come from? Where do we start at? What do we do to change this? We're going to find out in just a second those three things so the point one this morning is fellow sharing we need you to share together in the fellowship the next one is fellow proclaiming and when we do that when we proclaim jesus christ together others will begin to see the church the bible says in first peter 2 9 it says but you are a chosen generation everybody say amen Amen. you are a royal priesthood say amen Amen. you're a holy nation say amen. amen a people for his own possession say that's me now listen to this next part. We love those first parts. Listen to this next part. And it says, That you, the church, the fellowship, together may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness and brought him, and brought you into the marvelous light. Together we are supposed to show the excellencies of God together we are supposed to show the power of God together me and you together living together cooperating together loving on one another are supposed to show the power and the majesty of God and have you ever wondered why people look at the church today and they say the church doesn't have the power that it used to have have you ever heard people say that have you ever looked at that? The church just doesn't seem to have the influence that it used to have. The church doesn't seem to have the strength that it used to have. The church doesn't seem to have the authority that it used to have. Have you ever wondered what the cause of that is? Preachers have preached all the time. Well, people just need to stand up for what they believe. I don't necessarily agree with all that. What I do agree with is we've lost the term familieship and truly made it fellowship where we're happy just getting together on Sunday mornings But I promise you if there comes a day when we start sharing our possessions with one another When we start helping the needy and helping the poor together and together we go out and proclaim the excellencies of God the Father Almighty We will begin to see the power of the church rise up again like never before. It's about ship. I love when our Costa Rica team got back. They said we left as individuals we came back As a team, a group, a family, something happens when you do something together. Something happens when you sit down and spend eight days with somebody that you never know. Code man, something happens when we go around the world together and we're stuck in a confined airplane for 15 hours. You know things about me then you never knew. He's like, oh Lord Jesus, I am not getting on a plane with him. (laughs) Something happens when you begin to spend life together. When we do not spend life together, we're not experiencing family then we'll never have true fellowship. And without true fellowship, the church does not walk in the power that it is supposed to walk in. Have you ever read the verse that Jesus talked about with the church? And it says, upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of... Y'all can't say that in church. Quit it. And the gates of hell will not, will, will not uh, prosper against it. Upon this rock I'll build my church. And the gates of hell can't stand against it. But it seems like hell's taking over a lot of families today. It seemed like hell's taking over a lot of churches today. It seemed like hell is winning a lot more battles than the church is today. And I truly believe with all my heart as I studied out these scriptures for the past five weeks on familyship that when we develop familyship once again, we begin to develop this bond once again that when we see somebody in need, the church rises up and begins to move and begins to bless and begins to change the world that we live in. How many of y'all have ever been in the military? Raise your hand. Just raise your hand real high. Y'all give them a hand clap this morning. Those of you who have been in the military, let me ask you this. How close did you come to those guys you were with? Pretty close. I mean, was it almost like family? Raise your hand once again here in the military. Closer than family. Because the fact is, when you get shipped overseas for six months, you're spending more time with those people than you ever spent with your spouse back at home. Spouse at home, you get tired of them, you're leaving. (laughs) I'm going to go shopping. I'm going to have a guy's day out. I need my space. (laughs) You're in the military. It don't matter. Bad times happen. You're still stuck with them. I always heard it said by military people, you don't even know the person you're with till you've been in a foxhole with them. It's time that we maybe get in the foxholes with somebody who's hurting. It's time maybe that the church sees somebody who's really struggling financially and doesn't just say, Oh, bless your heart, sweetie, I'll pray for you. Maybe we get in the foxhole with them for a little bit. Maybe we find out what's happening in their life, why they're struggling, and begin to develop family ship, not just fellowship. We begin to develop familyship at an unprecedented level right here at TWBC. As we continue to grow as a church, I've heard this said to me um, um, several times. I'll talk to people who no longer come here, and they'll say, it's just too big. It's just gotten a little too big, and that grieves me. Because it means we as the church are losing family ship. And I can't preach it enough. I can't get up here from the pulpit and shout it enough. I can't organize enough events to do it and make it happen. It's got to become ingrained in the heart of you as a believer. That I don't care what the pastor's got on the schedule. I'm going to get together with believers. And we're going to get together and we'll be family. And we're going to come to church together. We're going to go to small groups together. We'll go to discipleship groups together. We're going to be family together. And it's got to be taken upon by the church. It can't be something mandated by leadership. It cannot be done. I can force you to get into small groups and it will not work. I can force you to go to discipleship groups and family won't happen. But when you take it upon yourself to invite somebody to your house for dinner and you cook them food and they tell you if they like it or don't, (laughs) bless your heart, that's when family begins to take place. I implore you as the body of Christ, I cannot make familyship happen. I can pray down the fire of heaven and revival to break loose like never before, but familyship's gonna take place when it's taken upon by the heart of the people of the church to say, I will not let our church dissipate into just another organization, but we will see the power of God move like never before. So you have fellow sharing, you have fellow proclaiming, and then finally today you have fellow unifying. Jesus said this, I am in them, and they are in me, that we may become perfectly one. It doesn't say a bunch of people getting together. It doesn't say a bunch of people hanging out. It says that we may become perfectly one. Why? So that the world will know that you, God, have sent me, the Son, and have loved them. Even God, as you have loved me, your only Son. Jesus says, I need family shift to take place so the world will know the love of Jesus Christ and the Father for the world that we're living in. Now, the biggest issue we face in the church with the family ship issue is offense and getting offended and forgiveness. Now, I don't have much time to cover this topic. And some of y'all are saying, Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> I'm so glad you don't. I mean, I could go old school Pentecostal and say, Oh, revival's about to break out and go another 30 minutes if you want. But no, I, I need to touch on this for a minute. Have you ever been in a family situation where there's been a fight, been some uneasiness? Been some kind of uh, I don't feel like going to this get together because you know who's gonna be there. You don't know what she did to me or what he said to me or how he treated me or what she did to my to my grandbaby or whatever. Lord Jesus, I've heard so much of this in the 15 years of ministry that I've been in. Just shake my head. Have you ever been there? But because it's family, what well, you do? You go anyway. You go in a bad mood. You go telling your spouse the whole way. If she talked to me or he talked, I'm going to tell him exactly how I feel. <laughs> I'll tell, pull her out behind the house. <laughs> we'll be down by the pond, and I hope she don't come near me. I'll drown her. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. I mean, I hear this junk all the time. And you know, but you show up anyway, offended and all. And you show up, and you're there. And you and, and whoever end up being in the same room at the same time in the same place. And you got your opportunity to do all that stuff. You was talking noise about the whole 30-minute drive over there. And what happens? You don't. You don't. You are all talk. Every bit of it, you talk. And then you just kind of break the ice. Hey, how's it going? And one of them a little more stubborn. Fine. Still making potato salad, whatever you're making. But what happens? Oh, conversation starts taking place. And then before you know it, somebody says something, and somebody giggles. Huh? That's kind of funny. And then the other one starts laughing. And then somebody else says something silly. And then you both start laughing. And then before you know it, 20 minutes later, the husband walks in expecting World War III or World War V or the wife walks in expecting World War 999. And you walk in expecting the worst. And y'all over there laughing, having a good time. And we're over here scratching our heads. What happened? Oh, honey, I ain't even mad. I don't even know why you thought I was mad. (laughs) Are you kidding me? I hear this all across the board. And it doesn't matter what what race your family is, it doesn't matter what religion your family is, it all takes place in all families out there. It happens. And then finally, because two offended people got in the same room and one tried to have a conversation the other one giggled a little bit, over time the relationship begins to meld back together, begins to come back together. And before the day is over, everything's fine, everything's good, issues get handled. Why? Because two people who did not like each other decided to show up at the same place in the same time for why? The good of the rest of the family. In the body of Christ, it should be no different. If somebody offends you in church, your answer should not be, I'm leaving and never coming back. Can I get an amen? If I was offended every time somebody said something to me about what they didn't like about a message, I would have quit after my second week and never came back. And if every time I offend you, you say, I'm not coming back. How do we ever develop familyship? How do we ever develop? I can tell you when me and my brother and my other brother and my sister were growing up, we had some fights. I mean, good fights. I mean, good old backyard rolling in the dirt fights. I mean, when we, we got bloody noses in fights. I didn't really fight that often. I was too little. I'd get beat up. But they would fight. <laughs> and you know what we had to do? If we all didn't want to get in trouble, we had to make it right before mom and dad got home and come up with a reason why somebody got a black eye and somebody else got a bloody lip. And we had to lie to our parents. <laughs> And mom and dad and their infinite wisdom, you don't think that know we had to throw down? But what happened? We made it right. We made it right. We were family. We didn't have a choice but to go to bed in the same room together that night. We were family. The body of Christ should be no different. We are family. And if familyship is going to take place, there are going to be offenses that happen, but there must be a forgiveness that happens. There's going to be times when you get offended, but there's going to be times you've got to show back up and forgive. There's going to be times you've got to step back in and say, I'm going to walk this walk that Jesus Christ walked. Listen to what he said in Matthew 18, 21. Then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often shall I, uh, shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times. And Jesus said to him, do not, I do not say to you up to seven times, but I say 70 times seven. Guys, that is 490 times. Jesus is not talking about in the course of your life. He's talking about in the course of a 24-hour day. Forgiving somebody 490 times in the course of a 24-hour day means you're saying, I forgive them less than every three minutes. You can't harbor unforgiveness when every two and a half minutes I'm saying, Mitch, I forgive you. And about two minutes into it, you know it just starts working back in your mind. And I go say, Daddy Max, I forgive you. Because I don't have a choice. 70 times 7, 490 times in the course of a day. But listen, some of y'all aren't even up 24 hours a day. The average day is about 16 hours. That means less than every two minutes. You're having to say, I forgive. I forgive. The main reason people have a struggle with forgiveness is this. Because you don't believe that God has forgiven you. See, you'll help everybody in the world. But oh, why would God help me? Y'all don't know what I did in my past. Who cares? Jesus died for you before you ever did it. He he paid the price before you ever committed it. And if you don't start receiving forgiveness forgiveness from God the Father Almighty, you'll never be able to forgive others and you'll never be able to fully fulfill what familyship is all about. I've learned this in my life. If I get offended, I'm gonna forgive quick. I'm gonna forgive real quick because my relationship with people is a lot more important than me staying offended. It's a lot more important than me proving I'm right. It's a lot more important than me saying, well, I'm right and I'm gonna stand my ground. I mean, heaven forbid. Let's get to heaven together. I mean, let's go together. Some of you this morning, you're battling this. You're battling, God, can you actually forgive some of the things I've done? Can you actually forgive me, God? Because, God, you don't know what I've done. You don't know the things I've done behind my doors, Pastor. God surely can't forgive. If there is a sin more powerful than the blood of Jesus, then we may as well throw all the scripture out the door and go home and get out of here. There is no more sin more powerful than the blood of Jesus. So when Jesus Christ shed the blood on the cross of Calvary, you were forgiven. And until you begin to receive that forgiveness, you will not walk in the power of God. You will not walk in the blessing of God. You will not walk in the manifestation of the love of God. And you will not be able to forgive other people when they offend you. You will not. Our women's Bible study a year or so ago did an amazing study called The Bait of Satan. The Bait of Satan is called this, Offense. When you take offense, you're taking the bait of Satan. I'm going to grab onto this rather than the word of God. You can't hold onto unforgiveness and God's word at the same time. You can't. And so I need to tell you this. The Bible says this. Do not let the sun go down on your anger, lest you will give the devil a foothold in your life. Why does Jesus want you quick to forgive? Because it's not just saying it's giving a foothold in your life. It's saying you've opened the door for him to get a foothold in the kingdom and start destroying family ship. I said, I'm going to show you the starting place for ship to take place, and it's with forgiveness. It is with forgiveness. Forgiveness is where familyship takes place. Listen to how important Jesus says forgiveness is, and he says it right here. He takes it to the extreme. Jesus talked about money more than anything else in the Bible, In all his teachings, he talked about money more than anything else. If you don't believe me, go read the Bible. Did you get it? <laughs> See, I, some of y'all just got offended. Forgive me, okay, I'm just saying. Come on, guys. He talked about money more than anything else in the Bible. Listen to what he says in Matthew 5, 23. So if you are offering your gift at the altar, mm, this means when they would come to sacrifice, and you're about to sacrifice and have the, the lamb that you brought for the sacrifice of your family on the altar, you're about to offer that gift. And he doesn't say if you've got to forgive somebody. He says if you know that your brother has ought against you, if you know that your brother has a problem with you, He says, so if you're offering your gift at the altar and there you remember your brother has something against you, leave your gift, leave your gift before the altar and go first be reconciled to your brother. It doesn't say friend, it doesn't say fellowship, it says your family ship. Go be reconciled to your brother. Then come and offer your gift. Basically what he's saying, he's saying, if you got a problem with your brother or you know your brother's got a problem with you, don't even think about giving me your holy tithes and offerings that you, oh, I'm giving you what I, what you you, you asked for, God. Don't even think about giving your holy tithes and offerings till you get forgiveness right. He didn't say that's a cop-out for you not to give tithes and offerings. He said, go get it right, then come back and give it. He said, go make sure the fellowship is in place first. Go make sure it's there first before you start trying to do all these other actions to, pr- to th- that would declare how good you are in the body of Christ. Fellowship is a complete different Concept than we've ever known in the church in the United States of America. We have Gatherings we don't have fellowship today. I want to turn the tide here in church. I want us to have family ship I want us to have family ship to the point where you look around today and you find 50 people that aren't here today And you say I'm concerned about them enough just to at least call and find out where they're at see what's going on in their life See how they're doing people do this all the time I'll get calls day in and day out. Hey pastor. I hadn't seen so-and-so in a while how are they doing call them. It's the same principle. Here's the principle of it. If you knew that you hadn't talked to your mama in a week, why would you call me to ask how your mama was doing? You would call your mama. If you hadn't talked to your brother in a month, your physical family brother, why would you call me to ask how your brother was doing? The issue is this. We must recognize that we're not a church. We're family. As ugly as some of the things I do and spit when I talk and say bad grammar and all the stuff that I do, you're my family. And I'm going to acknowledge you in public and in private. And I'm going to let you know that I love you in public and in private. Some of y'all get embarrassed when I give you a hug at Walmart. We're family. I'm going to give you a hug. I'm telling you there's something different about familyship than we've ever known. And here's where it starts. It starts right here with you looking at your life and saying, God, who am I holding offense at or against in my life that's in this church? Because some of you have changed wherever you're at in this church because of offenses. Some of you have quit things some of you have started things some of you are doing different things than you've ever done because of offenses let's talk to god about forgiveness and let's get some family get-togethers going on let's when we have fellowship and truly eat and be jesus like and eat fish that we can actually have a good time together and we don't tolerate sitting across the table from one another but we love one another and we care for one another and we're truly going to be there for one another if we start family ship we're starting the kingdom is what it actually means so i'm ready for the kingdom to get started here this morning I'm ready for the kingdom to take on a whole new meaning than it's ever taken on before. I'm ready for the kingdom to manifest right before our very eyes. So this morning, let's start real fellowship and let's start the kingdom of God right here today.